Welcome to GW Hospital HealthCast. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. The topic today is solutions for excessive sweating. My guest is Dr. Keith Mortman. Dr. Mortman is an associate professor of surgery at the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences and the chief for the Division of Thoracic Surgery at the George Washington University Hospital. Dr. Mortman, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So excessive sweating, you know, the the official medical word for that is hyperhidrosis. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So hyperhidrosis is, is a medical condition where people sweat more than is necessary to control their body's temperature. We all have to sweat to some degree, otherwise our bodies would overheat. So this is sweating more than you need to to control that temperature. And this actually affects approximately 1% of the population. Yeah, and so talk a little bit about, um, because this does impact people, right? This, I mean, sweating too much could affect social life, you know, work life. Tell us a little bit about what somebody goes through who has hyperhidrosis. Absolutely. So the patients I typically see have been dealing with this condition for many, many years. Most of the patients I see are either in their late teens up until their mid-30s. Um, they tell me that they can remember the excessive sweating really as long as they can remember, dating back to, to high school, to elementary school, and sometimes even before that. And as you mentioned, it has profound effects on their social interactions, uh, on their decisions to, um, in terms of which career path they, they choose. People have sweaty hands, obviously don't want to go into a business environment where they have to shake hands frequently. Um, and as well as an emotional impact uh, on patients. First thing that we typically have to determine is um, there are two ways this gets broken down, and one is called primary hyperhidrosis and the other is secondary. So the patients that we treat, we typically see have this primary condition where that, that is the underlying problem, and it's happened since early in childhood. Now, people can also have what's called secondary hyperhidrosis, and these tend to be older patients where the sweating is actually secondary to something else, either an endocrine condition, typically thyroid, it can be a side effect of a medication, it can be a side effect of a malignant process. So in those situations, it's important for the physician to really figure out what that other underlying cause is. Well, how often is it primary versus secondary? Well, the primary um, hyperhidrosis patients that I see, again, that's, that's the one where it can affect about 1% of the population. And those are the patients for whom I can offer a surgical treatment. The other thing to remember is that the primary hyperhidrosis patients, their areas where they sweat tend to be much more focal. So most commonly, I see the sweaty palms. It can also affect uh, the soles of the feet. It can affect under their arms, and it can affect their face. Those older patients that I mentioned that tend to have the secondary form of hyperhidrosis they tend to have a more generalized form where they tend to sweat really all over their body. Right. And so, so for the patients you see with mostly the, the primary hyperhidrosis, so you, you, you had mentioned that many of them say they've been dealing with this since, you know, early in their life, te- you know, starting in their teenage years. Are we, are we just not catching that in the, in the primary practice, in the community setting? Um, or maybe do, do the patients not bring it up with their physicians? What do you think? I think it's a combination of those. I, I, I certainly think that it's an underrecognized medical condition. I think many patients that experience it um, themselves don't realize that it's a medical condition, and they've come, you know, come up with different ways that they've adapted um, adapted into their daily lives. 
there's also really an underappreciation of the condition, even amongst medical professionals. Uh, many, you know, physicians, in fact, don't necessarily recognize it as a discrete, you know, medical condition and know that there's a, a treatment for it. Well, let's talk about that because uh, I know that you offer um, a treatment that can be very helpful. So tell us about what you do. So I do a procedure called a thoracoscopic sympathectomy, uh, and that is a minimally invasive outpatient surgical procedure. And this addresses, again, the primary hyperhidrosis, and that's caused by an overexcitation of uh, something called the sympathetic nerve. And that sympathetic nerve lives in the chest. So we do a minimally invasive procedure through two pinpoint incisions in the armpit where we go in with a tiny scope, identify the nerve, and then essentially divide the nerve. And this has been found over many decades now to be highly effective at pretty much eliminating the sweating for these patients. The best results that we see are the patients that present with the hand sweating. Um, the benefits of the procedure are that it's highly effective, meaning about 99% of patients will have almost complete resolution of the hand sweating, and the effects are immediate and they're permanent. So when patients wake up in the recovery room, they actually wake up with dry hands, and this is not something that needs to re be repeated in a couple weeks, a couple months, or a couple years. The effects are permanent. If a patient um, has the focal sweating somewhere else, you know, you mentioned the feet or, you know, certain other areas, what, is, that, is this procedure still offered, knowing that it may not be as effective as the hand sweating? It is. For many of these patients, I can still offer them uh, the procedure, uh, again, if they fall, you know, into that right, into the right category. So I do see patients who either have isolated foot sweating. Many of them will have a combination of these different areas, meaning um, under the arms as well as the feet, or they can present with hand and foot sweating, or sometimes even isolated facial sweating or facial blushing. So the results for those other areas are also very good, somewhere in the 75 to 80% range in terms of significant reduction or elimination of the sweating. How long has this procedure been available? Well, we've known about this relationship between cutting the nerve and sweating for probably over 100 years. But the procedure has become more popular in the last 20 to 25 years with the, um, the advent and the refinement of minimally invasive surgery. Um, in the past, maybe you know, 20, 30 years ago, uh, patients would require a much larger incision on the chest to cut this very small nerve. So the risk-benefit ratio there was really not in the favor of the patient. But now that we have minimally invasive chest surgery and it can be done through two small incisions and the patient goes home an hour later, suddenly that's completely reversed. Yeah, so optimizing the procedure, minimally invasive, that really now is opening the door doorway for more patients with hyperhidrosis to, to get this procedure done. Absolutely, absolutely. So Dr. Mortman... You know, in summary, what would you like people to know about excessive sweating? I would urge uh, if, patients, if they feel that they have uh, excessive sweating, to discuss this with uh, their primary care physician um, to uh, go online, and they can um, see our, our website um, for the Division of Thoracic Surgery at, at GW. Uh, and certainly if they have any questions, uh, to call us, and we'd be happy to see them in consultation. 
Well, Dr. Mortman, again, thank you for the work that you're doing, and thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to GW Hospital HealthCast with the George Washington University Hospital. For more information, you can go to gwhospital.com. That's gwhospital.com. Individual results may vary. There are risks associated with any surgical procedure. Talk with your doctor about these risks to find out if surgery is right for you. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of the George Washington University Hospital. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Dr. Michael Smith. Thanks for listening.